Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Save Your Sanity Podcast. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. Are you living with the chaos, confusion, and uncertainty that a toxic person loves to create? Is a partner, parent, ex, sibling, child, or coworker causing you to second-guess yourself? That can be crazy-making. I'm here to help you save your sanity. So let's get down to it and figure some things out now. Stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to Save Your Sanity. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. I'm delighted that you're here. I hope you're coming back from having enjoyed a previous podcast or it's your first time here and you're looking forward to what you might discover. Tonight, we're going to be talking about a very important topic. Um, They're all really important topics, of course, but this is an internal topic for you. How to stop striving to be good enough for a narcissist? Well, that's a big topic. And of course, the big question is, why should I be striving to be good enough for a narcissist? But we're going to cover all of that this evening. And I hope it's very helpful to you. So many vital pieces of this information. And we want to be right on it. So if you've been enjoying being part of Save Your Sanity podcast, I really invite you to show that by supporting the program. Go to patreon.com slash save your sanity, patreon.com slash save your sanity. And if you haven't gone to Patreon before, it's a place where you can pledge a couple of dollars a month or $15 one time or whatever you'd like to do. So it just shows your support and I'm grateful for it. Thank you for those of you who have been donating. And if I can help you at any time, you know, you find me at 4FORRelationshiphelp.com. So we're going to be talking about why we keep striving to be good enough for a narcissist or a my term for them, a hijackal. Well, why would we use our energy that way? Well, there's a few reasons. First of all, when we were children, we knew inherently that we had to please the parents or whomever those giants were in our life that brought us home from the hospital. We get into a habit of judging how they're doing. Are they liking us? Aren't they liking us? And we we calibrate that out and we keep trying to get them to take care of us, get them to notice us, get them to like us, get them to approve of us, get them to validate us and demonstrate a lot of interest. And so it's not very much of a stretch to realize that we might also keep doing that when we're adults. And hijackals love to find people who do keep doing that when they're adults, because that means, ah, you're going to do everything you can to please me. Well, that is just about perfect, right? So why do we not feel good enough anyway? What do we have to prove? You know, the fact that you're drawing breath and taking up space makes you good enough to express what you feel and think and need and want. 
just by virtue of breathing and taking up space. And yet, if you came from a family, particularly where that wasn't enough, where that wasn't good enough, and you were always pushing, striving, trying to do better, then you were pre uh, it was a pre-existing condition for you. And so you keep doing it. So I'm hoping that through this podcast, you'll reflect on a few new things, see them from a different slant, feel differently about them after you've thought about them. And I'm going to give you lots of information to do that. So hijackals, whether of any variety, narcissist or otherwise, they look for two particular kinds of people, and they're kind of on either end of the spectrum. They look for people who have been pre-groomed by their earlier family or earlier relationships, so it's not too much work for them. And then they look for the ones who are a challenge, like, could I bring that person down? Could I get them to start second-guessing themselves? And, of course, everybody in between, too. So it's not just all or nothing. They have degradations of how they like to demonstrate their power over. And so that's imperative to realize that if you've already been pre-groomed, you're likely to give in, you're likely to want to please them, you're likely to go the extra mile and have their back and do all the things, basically, that you really wish they would do for you. And that's one of the big problems we have to overcome. No matter where we are in life, we have one big problem. If we have it, we have to overcome it. And that is actually thinking that other people are like you. You know how you you think that they will be like you, so you explain something to them, and they don't get it, or they're not interested, and they're not like you. But you think, oh, I'll just explain it a little more. And a big piece of emotional maturity is to realize that other people are not like you that they don't want to be like you. Maybe they can't be like you because of their previous circumstances. So no matter what topic we're talking about, really important to realize other people are not like me. So once I realize they're not like me, I need to be curious about them and learn about them and make decisions about them because you can't have equality and equity, reciprocity and mutuality in some certain circumstances, particularly if people don't have the same values or vision or beliefs that you do. And I mean, beliefs about how relationships should work, beliefs about what respect looks like, all those kind of beliefs. So very important calibration here. So if you've been pre-groomed, That means you already know that you look to others for approval. You look to others to please them. You go that extra mile and all, as I said, then they're very happy because they think, oh, all I have to do is love bomb, get that person on my side, get them to believe that everything that I said is real, believe my future faking. And if you don't know about future faking, look up that episode of my podcast, but they want you to believe the future faking, get very involved in it, and then they can get you. <laughs> and in my book, Escaping the Hijackal Trap, if you haven't read that one, you can get it on Amazon. There's a whole chapter in there called The Gotcha Factor, how they perpetrate 
getting you. So you want to know that one too. So on the one hand, we have the pre-groomed people. On the other hand, the, the pre-groomed people are already ready to give in. They'll do anything. And on the other hand, we have the people that look like a challenge. And so what they want to do is to bring those people down. They want to get them second-guessing themselves. They want to undermine their confidence. And that's where they find their power source. Either way, it ends up with you not feeling good enough. And they're happy to tell you you are not good enough. You know that, right? They are happy to tell you you're not good enough and you will never be good enough. So you strive to be better and you accommodate their wishes a little more and you do exactly what they ask you to do and you refrain from doing what they told you not to do and you compromise anything. I'm doing all the things you're supposed to do to have a happy, healthy relationship and it keeps getting more and more one-sided. Well, one thing you know about hijackals is that when they tell you you should do this and you do it, they're going to move the marker because they're never going to let you measure up because that brings you to an equal place and they're not having it. They're not having equal in any form, just not possible. Now and again, they'll give you the illusion of equality and equity, but they're not having it because they must be superior. So obviously you can't ever be equal. So very, very important. So here you are, healthy person, maybe a little on the passive side, maybe a little predisposed to people, please. And they see you and they think, ah, I can keep this person always feeling not good enough. And then they can undermine the person who's very successful take their confidence away and do the same to them. But they're going to move the markers and they're going to blame shift. You know, there's a whole episode on blame shifting. You know, that's when you say, you know, I, I feel really poorly treated or I'd like this or that. And they say, that's not me. That's you. You know, so they shift the blame to you when you're endeavoring to talk to them about your feelings or what you would prefer. So they move the markers and they blame shift and then they passed blast. And I did a whole episode on that too. So as soon as one thing is said, they give you every time you've ever done it, right? And that's past blasting. I'm going to blast the whole past at you to wear you down and tear you down. And by that time, and by the time that's been repeated many times as well, you're going to be exhausted. And you're not going to know how to please them because they're like the Red Queen in Alice in Wonderland, you know, off with their heads because she who will not be pleased is the, the Red Queen. And hijackals are they who will not be pleased. They'll be pleased by other people out in the community, but they won't be pleased by you. Why? Because as I say so often, hijackals paint a public picture of perfection while at home they provide a private place of pain. So at home, you can't get it right because that would mean that you would be close to equality for a hot second and they're not having any. So if you're used to striving, 
If you're used to striving to avoid blame or shame or criticism or ridicule because you were raised in a hijackal family, you are pre-groomed to find a hijackal partner. So there's two things to think about here. Your family of origin and how you may or may not have been pre-groomed. And then the situation in which you find yourself or the situation that you have left and are endeavoring to heal from, these thoughts will help you with that healing and recovery process. So we have this conundrum. We can't be perfect. Perfection doesn't exist. But if you had parents who wanted you to strive for perfection and you always thought, I could be more perfect, I could be more perfect, I could do that, um, you can't. Perfection is paralyzing. It doesn't exist. It's something to strive for for no good reason. You know, <laughs> oh, a long time ago, um, I remember I was so excited. I had read a book, so excited, and I, I read it two or three times, and I could hardly wait to go to hear the author speak. And I lived in Canada, and I came down to Los Angeles to hear this author and spend a week with a bunch of people who were sort of in the same brain-mind revolution that I was in at the time. And I heard the woman speak, and she said, she wasn't a great speaker, which was disappointing, but she said this one thing that really stood out for me. And you know how parents tell you, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing well. So you're not supposed to be a quitter. If it's worth doing, it's worth doing well. And she said this most wonderful thing. She said, if it's really so worth doing, isn't it worth doing halfway? <laughs> and, you know, yes, it is, because it's worth doing. And yet we could be trapped in that idea that if it's worth doing, it's worth doing well. And so we never have a feeling of good enough. We never have a feeling of enough to get by. We are always pushing for that perfection, and that perfection does not exist so it's very important. And if you are, are feeling like you have to be perfect in order to have parents pleased with you or some adult pleased with you, there's a power dynamic that went on there. Then you get into a relationship with a hijackal, and they are the ones who want to be the arbiter of perfect. So you know you can never reach it. But when you get into this perfectionist model or this perfectionist way of being, it, there's a terrible conundrum because in order to strive, you have to take a risk. And if you take a risk, you may or may not be appreciated for taking the risk. But if you fail, then you've lost the perfectionism. So it's a no-win situation. And that's the way it is with hijackals too. So many people become focused on perfectionism because they think perfection will allow them to avoid rejection. Does that make sense to you? That if I try so hard to be perfect, I will not be rejected. And I think that the rejection part of that equation is much bigger than the perfection part. I think the fear of rejection is much bigger emotionally than the striving for perfection. 
But if we've got that all hooked into us from earlier in our life, maybe a school, maybe a, a team, maybe a sport that you did, perfection, 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 unattainable. And so important to understand if that was in your past, because this would be something that the hijackal would hook into. And so it's the same with a hijackal partner. And this perfection, as I said, is paralyzing. So if you don't risk, you're wrong. If you risk, you're wrong. And if you fail, you're doubly wrong. So it becomes very difficult to know what to do when you're with a hijackal partner. And this is why I said that even perfection can't and won't cut it. It will not cut through that you being good enough in a relationship with a narcissist or some other kind of hijack call. It's very defeating, but it's very liberating to realize that you can't ever achieve that. And yet they keep demanding that you do. And at some point, your opportunity is to break the cycle, to actually see that this is impossible. It is an impasse of grand proportions. It can't happen. And when you sit back and see it, that you could run after something as hard as you can, and they keep moving the marker, you will never get there. But if they can keep you striving to do what they want you to do for the hope that then they will approve of you, validate you, or perhaps love you, and you've already been through that a few times, and you know that's not where it ends. It is not love. It is faux love at best. It's something that looks a little bit like what you wanted to feel, but it's not real. Because hijackals don't really have love to give you. More they have uses for you. So to stop striving means you have to see this very clearly. And maybe you need some help with that. And if you need some help with that, you know, I'm always happy to work with you. Um, because it's... It's something that you can't see from the outside often. But if these things are causing you to nod your head and say, oh, I think that feels right. I think that feels good. Come on over to beaclient.com. And I have an opportunity for new clients there for only $97 for the first hour. So come on over to beaclient.com. Because it's really difficult to see inside yourself from being inside yourself. It, it's helpful to have someone who's well-versed in this. You know, and I've told you before, I had two hijackal parents. Of course, I married a hijackal. I divorced one. I co-parented one. And I was a hijackal magnet. And that's why I do this work, because there was no one to help me. Even when I went for, for professional help 25 years ago, there just wasn't enough help. And so I dedicated my expertise to providing that help. That's also why I have the Emerging Empowered community for you. And if that interests you, it's a community totally off social media. If that interests you, please come and join in at joinintoday.com. Joinintoday.com. And there are lots of wonderful things that you get for being a member over there. And it's sitting there all ready for you. 
So we need to break this cycle. First of all, we need to sit back and see the cycle. Yes, I have been on that wheel. I have been in that rat race. I have been striving only to never get anywhere except go around it again. So see that cycle. Then see the story of not ever being good enough. Who decides if you're good enough? Hopefully it's you. It's not other people. So I'm inviting you at that point to become self-referent, to look into yourself and say, do I think I'm a good person? Never mind what the hijackal has said, or any hijackal has said, or any non-hijackal has said for that matter. But to look within yourself and say, do I believe I'm a good person? What do I do that demonstrates I'm a good person? Make a big list of that and see that as the story that is true for you. Not the hijackal holding and moving the carrot all the time, but approve of yourself. Find that within yourself to say, I am good enough. I am a good person for all of these reasons. And then change that story with the hijackal to say, no, it is not all right with me to keep striving to do something that never has an ending. I can never get there. It will always be withheld from me. And once you do that, you can lay it down like, whoa, I don't have to keep walking on eggshells. I don't have to keep striving for the approval of someone of whom I don't approve. You know, I've told that story about my mother in previous podcasts, so I won't tell you again. But the big learning of that story that I've told before is that I was looking for my mother to approve of me, but I didn't approve of my mother. So when I had the big aha, it was I was waiting for the approval of someone of whom I don't approve. And that may be true for you too with the hijackal. And then the next step is to behave differently and make decisions that support you so that you can stop striving to be good enough for a hijackal or a narcissist. I hope this is something that will help you see clearly as you listen to this episode and see the possibility for doing something differently. The possibility for change and recognizing within yourself that, yes, you are good enough and you do not need anyone else to tell you so. So until we talk again, take very good care of yourself. Remind yourself you're good enough in so many ways. You matter. You're precious, and I'll look forward to talking with you again soon. Thank you for joining me on the Save Your Sanity podcast today. I hope you've had some new insights, some ideas and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety. You deserve that, and so do your children. If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with a dollar or five each month, please do so at patreon.com slash save your sanity. Learn more about how to work with me by a video conference, join my optimized circles, or subscribe to this podcast on my YouTube channel at my website, transformingrelationship.com. Talk soon.